Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Ah, yes, he is ready for this Sunday edition of the Organic Gardener, Doug Oster. Joining us, as always, on location, the Disc to the Pittsburgh Newsline from his home in the North Hills. And he would love to talk to you today about gardening, 866-391-1020. The official jump into the garden season this holiday weekend, Memorial Day. Put it all in the ground and just wait to reap the harvest. That's what it's all about. So if you have a question for gardening, uh, give Doug a call right now. Lines are open, 866-391-1020. Davy Tree, Talking Tree coming up in just a little bit. Luke Warner will be here. But right now, if you're the 10th caller, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford at 412-922-1020. A lot on his mind. This is where I kick back and listen. And let's say good morning to Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I am wonderful. Couldn't be better. How are you, sir? So you, you want to drive a Tesla, huh? Well, I, I got your little email about your son owning. <laughs> First off, if he owns a Tesla, I must be in the wrong business. But 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 this, all... this is this is his second Tesla. Oh, just, excuse he's, me. He's not, he, He's nuts about electric cars, but man, I'm telling you, that is a cool car, so we'll hook you up. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's one of my dreams, but as always, I'm just going to have to wait until another day because right now, we have a lot to get to. And I know you love rain, but did you expect this type of weather, the coldest yesterday in the evening since 1897? Yeah, you know, I was loving it. <laughs> I spent all day in the garden planting, and yeah, a little cold, especially... For our tomatoes and peppers, and I'm most concerned about uh, tomatoes, this is something I talk about a lot called succession planting. And, yes, I was spending the day planting whatever I could yesterday, and today will be a great day to plant. Yes, it's going to get cold, but uh, the, the gray skies make it easy on the plants. And yesterday with that rain, uh, I was planting all sorts of stuff, trees and uh, peppers and flowers and more tomatoes, uh, but the succession planting, that's important for tomatoes. Whenever I see weather like this, and, and for many of us, most of us, I would think, tomatoes are already out in the ground, and when it gets below 50 at night and we get all this rain, that's just the perfect storm for the possibility of the start of early fungal diseases called early blight and septoria leaf spot. And so the things that I do, and we talk about this all the time, is the the moment I plant, I am mulching to try and keep those spores in the ground where they belong, and they'll they'll always be there. There's no getting rid of them. It's just how many there are. We don't know. Uh, I'm removing some of the bottom leaves to give more distance between those spores and the plant. Uh, 
I do have an organic fungicide uh, waiting uh, called Serenade, although it is getting hard to find. Uh, but there are there are other organic fungicides out there. And then the last thing is the succession planting. And so I'm holding plants back. I'm leaving space in the garden to plant a little later when things warm up. Uh, tomatoes love warm soil temperatures. They love warm air temperatures. Uh, in the main bed that I planted my first crop of tomatoes in, I had worked well, for well over a month on heating that bed up by putting, you know, clear plastic on top of it, by putting then black landscape fabric on it, making sure that it had the water it needed, but uh, trying to warm up that soil. And so don't think of planting as just one day. We can, especially with tomatoes, keep planting. Uh, and the tree that I put in is a cool one, and I've wanted one for a long, long time, and it's kind of funny how I got it. Uh, I do a, Every quarter, I do a botanic walk and talk out at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, uh, about halfway from the city to the airport. It's a cool place. You should see the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. They've got lots of stuff out there to see, lots of gardens and such, but it was originally scheduled for one day, and then changed to another day. I didn't change it on my calendar. I got a call uh, from... My friend Beth there, Beth Exton at the Botanic Garden, saying, hey, are you coming? And I'm like, yeah, I'm coming tomorrow. She goes, no, it's today. We changed it. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, my fault. Drive out there, you know, certainly get lots of uh, guff, uh, good-natured guff when I show up. Uh, and so uh, there's a, a, a education director out there, Dr. Mark Miller, uh, and we've become friends, and he could not – he had to speak to a garden club, and he couldn't do it. And he said, hey, you want to make up for, for being late? Uh, take this gig for me. And I'm like, okay, that'll be kind of fun, you know. So I I, I did that. And his, in his appreciation for me doing that, he gave me this tree. He said, come on out. I got a tree for you. It's called Franklinia. And it's named for Benjamin Franklin. It, it was only ever seen growing along this river in Georgia uh, in 1773, believe it or not, William Bartram, who was a, a, a famous uh, horticulturist of the day, collected seed from this tree and brought it back to this place called Bartram's Garden in Philadelphia and grew out the tree. But in the wild, it's extinct. It's, only, it's a tree that we can only get from a nursery. And it has really beautiful flowers. So I'm, I'm hoping... It, but it, it's finicky. It's a finicky tree, and so it needs... Morning sun, afternoon shade, it needs uh, a, a kind of a low area, wet but not wet feet, you know, uh, so I'm experimenting with it. I put it actually in the vegetable garden uh, in a corner so that the deer can't get, can't get after it. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what it, what, what it does. Uh, like I said, boy, yesterday was, was, was I, I love being out in the, in the rain like that. You might think I'm crazy, but it's quiet, you know, nobody else is out anywhere. Uh, I can concentrate on my work. I've got so much to do, so many things to plant. I, I overdid it again in the greenhouse as usual. And, of course, as soon as I go out into my fenced-in garden, I see a giant rabbit spooks him, and I see where it, where it's coming in and out. So I worked during the day to get the, uh, get the fencing uh, fixed up. So, and we'll see. This morning there was no um, no rabbits out there. Now I want to tell you about all my travel. I'm traveling like crazy now that uh, we're we're moving out of the pandemic. So, 
I've got a new one I'm announcing today. So first will be Croatia this July. That's starting to fill up, you know, a little slow because of uh, uh, the pandemic. Then in February of next year, I'm going to Costa Rica. That is my least expensive trip I've ever put on. Uh, Costa Rica is an inexpensive place to to visit. But now I'm announcing the one that's going to be a year from today. Not today, but next May anyway. We're going back to the Chelsea Flower Show in uh, England. We're going to see the, the gardens of England, including one I love called Kew Gardens. And then for the first time on one of my official trips, we're going to a place called Sissonhurst Castle Garden in England. I did get to see that uh, before, and that is the famous White Garden. Uh, we'll also be taking the Eurostar high-speed train to Amsterdam to see something called Floriad. It's a celebration of gardens, which only happens every 10 years. And I'm doing a webinar about this trip to, to Holland and London uh, this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Everything is at DougOster.com. Take a look. If you want to get back to traveling, if you want to see the Chelsea Flower Show, and I can't wait. I've, I've never seen Floriad uh, in uh, Holland. I can't wait. Again, DougOster.com for all those details. And if you've got a question for me today, give us a call. I want to talk to you, 866-391-1020. We ready for a break, Rob? We are ready for a break. And this is your chance to call in and talk to Doug about gardening. And then Mr. Warner will be here, Davey Tree, Talking Tree, after the news at 730. Time for you to get on the phones, folks. If you want to talk to Doug, now's your chance, 866-391-1020, DougOster.com. Next hour, Joe and Frank, then TC and I, Memorial Day picnic plans and food safety tips on the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA. Ah, uh, yes, he is. And let's get to the phones. Here's Joanne and Plum on KDKA. Hi, Joanne. Hi, good morning. I have a question for Doug. I bought a cardinal flower to attract hummingbirds. And um, the pot I was in, is it just fits. So I transplanted it into a bigger pot. But what I want to know is if it gets too big for that pot, should I transplant? I thought of transplanting it into the ground, and I didn't know whether to do it in the fall or in the spring. Well, this is a good time to get it in the ground. I would, you know, it'll be fine in a container. What size container do you have it in now? Oh, gee, um, it's like, I don't know, maybe 16, 18 inches across. Mm-hmm. It, it does have some space to get through this year, I think. Yeah, and as long but, as it has water and fertilizer, it'll be fine. But it would be happier in the ground. In the ground. Yeah, it'll be, it will be easier for you to take care of it that way and this is a like i said this is a great planting day uh and you know cool weather nice and cloudy okay. uh you know uh, i love that plant uh, and it, it just it's going to be just less maintenance if you get it in the ground all it's going to really need is water if you just dig a planting hole okay. uh, add a little bit of compost you can get a bag of compost at the at the nursery uh, mm-hmm. Or something, or something else. Maybe a little bit of organic fertilizer, and just stick it into the ground and keep it watered, and it will do its thing for you. Okay. Do I need to put like uh, I have some granule fertilizer? Do I need to add that? Well, that wouldn't hurt. You know, it, it's a native, so it it it's pretty tough. But a little boost okay. wouldn't hurt it. A little boost wouldn't hurt it at all. I I just make want to make sure that it has the the soil that it wants, and so we want to loosen up the soil a little bit, add that compost, 
and it okay. likes water. Uh, cardinal flowers it love water. water. I see them growing okay. in the wild along the lake shore, so I know that it likes water. Thanks so much Do for your call. Do I need to cut it back in the fall or spring? No, let it let it do its thing. It, it'll just you know, it grows in the wild, so it'll it'll just send oh. up the flowers, and they'll look nice, they'll look pretty, and then it'll just kind of go away on its own in the winter. Oh, okay. All right, let's move Thanks. on. Let's move on now to Rose in Pittsburgh for Doug. Hi, Rose. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Um, I actually have two things. First, my problem. I have peonies, and the last couple years, they're nice, a lot of leaf on, a lot of green, but they, when they grow, I get a teeny-weeny little bud, and then it, like, dries out, and it never forms any kind of a flower. Yeah, the, you know, we see that a lot, especially on, on and how does the foliage look as the season continues? Does it start to get uh, no, and, it, it seems okay. to be okay. Um, but so I never, no, no, I haven't gotten flowers, and this is the third year. I thought, oh, this is the year, and there's nothing. If there's no fungal issues involved in the plant, like if it stays nice looking the whole year, all it really okay. needs is, is a is a boost, enough energy to make that big bud to to bloom. And so, you know, unfortunately, that ship has basically sailed right now and so my advice would be oh. to get get something there's a fertilizer i really like an organic fertilizer called uh flower tone so there's all sorts flower of different tone. I, I use all your tone things i bought yeah rose tone, tone the bud tone, tone. So this is I'm, I'm, flower tone I'm using, okay i'm using tomato tone flower tone will help that plant and i i would do that now i would do a, a follow the application rates on the package put that mm-hmm. at the base of that plant and then a lighter application later in the season. What was the second thing? Oh, the second thing is hooray, hooray. I called you about a month ago asking you for um, uh, some some help on my squirrels in my flower vases outside on my porch. I don't know whether you'd remember. And you said squirrels are rotten. They're terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> but you suggested that I use chicken wire. And I, oh, it was, it was really hard to do. But I cut chicken wire up in little pieces and I I planted in the planters, and then I put the chicken wire all through there. It really worked. Well, that's great. I'd love to see a picture of that. Send that to me through DougHoster.com. That's that's great. I have a I have a friend. Yeah, has... I, I I made a little uh, fence around the outside of the flower thing. I have four of them on the porch. It's beautiful. And then um, it was t- like I say, it, it took a long time, many days, but it it worked. The, they're just they're looking at it like, what the heck do I do now? <laughs> oh, that's that's great news. Uh, thanks so much for your call. All right, Doug, we've got about two minutes to the break. Tell them what you and Mr. Warner are going to be talking about, Davy Tree. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk to Luke today uh, from the Davy Tree Expert Company about all the things that he's seeing out there. And uh, we talked earlier this week, and he's seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> and there's uh, some certain problems that, you know, that every season this happens, uh, that that p- people that are in tune with trees and plants, we kind of see the same things happening. And so he's going to talk a little bit about that. But Real quick, I wanted to talk about uh, that squirrel prevention. I, my my best friend from fifth grade uh, has 
trouble with chipmunks eating his beets. Uh, and, and I know that seems weird, but, you know, it took us like two years to figure out, I, you know, I was like, maybe it's the birds. I don't know, because you know, he never saw it. Then he finally saw the chipmunks. And so he built a cage out of something called hardware cloth. It's a real thick screening you can get at, at the hardware store. And so that's over his beats. I ran a, I put a picture online uh, last year showing it. Uh, the, the the things that we do to, to keep our plants safe, just like me yesterday with that. I mean, this was a big rabbit running out of the garden. And I was working in the garden for maybe an hour until finally that rabbit that was kind of tucked under a pot bolted. And, you know, for me, part part of figuring out uh, what's in the garden and, and how it's getting in and out are important. So with rabbits, I always I usually go out at the end of the day and see if I can spook them out of there, and then I see where they're coming and going. Even though it's fenced in, it was only, it's, only, it's a picket fence, and it's got chicken wire. At one point, it's only up about 12 inches, and I saw the rabbit just run full speed, jump over that 12-inch fence through the pickets and on its way, and so I was off to the hardware store to get some fence that's three foot tall uh, chicken wire that I've stapled. <laughs> you know, this rabbit, he must be thinking, I got this guy on the run, baby. <laughs> All I got to do is just fake him out every day, and he goes off to the hardware store. Absolutely love it. Man versus nature, folks. Doug Oster. Quick break. Back on the other side, more of your calls, and we're talking trees with Davy Trees after Josh checks the news at 730. Good morning. We are joined today by Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. How are you today, Luke? Doug, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. Hey, I, I did a lot of planting yesterday. Do you like this weather for planting trees? Oh, of course. It's fantastic for planting, but, um, of course, it can leave, you know, a little bit more to be desired when you're out there getting uh, soaked, and it's, you know, what, 48 degrees on Memorial Day weekend? <laughs> so I put in this tree called Franklinia, and I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but... Uh, I've always wanted to grow one, but I've heard that they're really persnickety, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with your skills, you should be all right, but um, they are a nice tree. So what are you seeing out there this time of the year um, that is a problem? Um, you know, the biggest things right now, um, hemlock woolly adelgid, we're really seeing um, kind of the population explode. It just seems to be. I don't know, probably 30% of the appointments, at least that I'm having, are for hemlock oleodelgid on uh, hemlock trees, which, for those that don't know, is an invasive pest from Asia um, that, are, that is threatening the, the hemlock trees, which is our, uh, our state tree here in Pennsylvania. So it's something that we really need to keep our eye out for and uh, make sure we're taking care of it. Yeah, Luke, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about what that looks like on the tree, because I'm battling it like crazy myself. Yeah, so um, when you're looking at the hemlocks, um, of course, a nice, you know, healthy hemlock tree is going to be a dark, glossy green. Um, the hemlock woolly adelgid is a uh, small insect, but it, its coating, its covering is a uh, very bright white, uh, woolly, cottony looking substance, most often found at the base of the needles on the underneath of the branches. So if you take those branches, you know, you kind of flip them up, look underneath. It almost looks like little small cotton balls all along the limbs. And those insects have a, a little uh, needle-like mouth part, um, and they just continually to pierce and suck the um, nutrients kind of the, out of the tree. 
and eventually can that kill the tree? It can. It doesn't usually, or it doesn't happen in a year. Um, most of the time, you know, anywhere from uh, the population gets really heavy, maybe three years up to, you know, say 10 years. But it will certainly kill the tree uh, given time. You know, I was hoping because I've been battling this for I don't know how many years now, and I was hoping that cold weather during the winter would really knock them back. But like you said, this is, seems to be a banner year for them. I don't know if it's the spring or what, but or it wasn't cold enough this winter, but it, it's definitely something I, I'm working on in the landscape. Yeah, this winter was not cold enough. You know, everybody, we did have a significant amount of snow, but we didn't have those, you know, sub-zero temperatures for an extended period of time that really helped control a lot of the, you know, the, the unprotected pests in our area. Well, it also seems like a banner year for aphids. Are you seeing that out uh, when you're visiting landscapes? Yes, yes, I am. That was the that was number two on my list. Um, but be it you know black aphids on you know burning bush. I saw it on a mock orange the other day. Um, you know, we also are seeing woolly aphids. Seeing a lot of those on um, some river birch, beech trees. Um, but yeah, aphids, uh, yeah, and apple trees. So, um, you know, again, similar to the feeding style of a uh, of the woolly adelgids with uh, with the mouth part. But um, but yeah, they're going to be either the the black aphids. You know, obviously little black dots. They always like the the tender new growth of the plants. Um, and then the woolly aphids kind of have a similar appearance to the hemlock woolly adelgid, as in you know covered in a, a woolly substance. Yeah, and it seems that when they find a plant that, in in my experience anyway, they find a plant that is a little bit weaker, they really get after them. You know, believe it or not, I've been hearing a lot about aphids on honeysuckle, which, you know, honeysuckle is a weed. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Vince from, from the north office in Davy Tree came out for a safety check here, and I didn't even know I had aphids up above. He saw something down below. What do you see down below that keys you that there's aphids up above? Yeah, so their excrement um, is what they'll uh, they'll drip, but it's very high in, in a sugar, uh, very high in in, um, in sugar. So it'll often mold. Um, you know, it'll so it excretes honeydew and then. Um, when it molds, it's you know very, since it's so high in sugar, it'll it'll turn black. Oftentimes, um, attract bees um, and other pollinators. But um, but yeah, that's kind of a telltale sign. See it a lot of times when people are parking, you know, underneath trees in their vehicle. You can see it just uh, kind of a sheen across the whole the whole vehicle or patio furniture. Um, that's people oftentimes most notice it first. You know, when I see aphids on like my little things in the vegetable garden, like a pepper plant or something like that, I just I just blow them off with a hose or I use insecticidal soap. Is it something I should really worry about if it's on a, a big tree? Um, yeah, you know, there's different applications you can do to to kind of treat it. Um, you know, sometimes it'll pass, sometimes it'll it'll hang around for a little bit longer. But you know, certainly if you have a, an established population. Um, you would want to, you know, get that looked at and get taken care of. The good thing is, you know, both them and the woolly adelgids are very easy um, to control. You know, they're not a very difficult insect where, you know, the aphids are soft-bodied. I mean, you can use a, a soap solution on a lot of smaller plants, um, you know, to take care of them. 
Well, you're filled with good news this morning. What else? Do you, what else do you see out in the landscape that's the problem? Um, you know, some uh, some you know late frost damage, <clears throat> cold weather damage on sycamores and magnolias. We're seeing a lot of that. Um, the magnolias, you know, we've been seeing. Um, yeah, Vince, the arborist that comes to your places, he's in our office here, and um, you know, we were talking the other day that he has a pretty nice magnolia he takes care of in the in the Angamar area and unfortunately it looks like it's you know probably a third to a half um dead this year just because of a, a some late winter injury um yeah that, you know a lot of times most, that go ahead most magnolias took a hit uh you know i mm-hmm. had my, mine was budding it i thought you know and they all you know after that late frost they most of them turned brown but i actually did get some blooms out of it i was shocked but boy magnolias in general took a hit huh yeah yeah real bad sycamores as well um elms you know they're all really really late to push out their leaves excuse me a lot of sycamores you know you might look at them they're probably only uh, 20 percent out 30 percent out at least some of the ones i've seen you know depending geographically where they're at but uh you know you don't want to it can be confused with some other leaf diseases, but it seems like the majority of it right now is, you know, frost damage on the on the sycamores. So, all right, Luke, I want you to hang in there with us when we are on the break. When we come back, uh, hopefully, we'll have some tree questions. Hey, for more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com/slash KDKA. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at eight five five. 982-TREE, that's 855-982-8733. All right, coming up after the news at 8 with Josh, and of course he'll have continuing developing uh, issues concerning the Ross Paul uh, incident, Ross Park incident yesterday in which a couple of shots were fired, two people were arrested. Uh, no one was injured, thank goodness, but they did evacuate the mall. He'll have more on that story as it continues to trend this Sunday morning. And then after the news at 8, it's Joe and Frank Dentici and the Coons Cooking Hour, all about Memorial Day picnic plans and food safety tips and tricks on Heffron Tillits and your money and you. Then we have an hour of the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. Talk about the Pirates who took two from the Rockies yesterday. The Penn Swan Song losing to the Islanders in the first round of the postseason. Charles Schwab challenged Jordan Spieth, your leader by one shot at 15 under at the Colonial Country Club, Fort Worth, Texas. And we'll also do a little NFL as well at 11.30 with Ted Arnaud. Then Pirate Baseball today as well on 93.7 The Fan. 105, the game gets underway. First pitch, Chad cool gets the start so lots to do still today stay with us we'll come back more with uh luke warner davy tree and doug ostro take some of your calls right up to the news with josh at eight and then it is the coons cooking hours our sunday morning continues rob pratt sunday on odyssey 100.1 fm am 1020 kdka good morning all right we got one tree question for uh luke warner davy tree and doug ostro this is the organic gardener so what do you say we take that tree question let's say hi to joe hey joe how you doing Good morning. Uh, here's my question. If uh, ivy grows up a, a oak tree and then it's the whole way up to the top and it's about an inch or two, the, the inch or two thick, uh, the, oh, I guess you call it the trunk, is that kill on the tree? What do you think, Luke? 
Um, it's not going to, you know, it's not killing the tree right now. Um, but, you know, the ivy's growing up the tree because it wants to, you know, in its world, take over the tree, cover its, its branches, its limbs, and use that as a, as a host to live. Um, when that happens and when that ivy does grow up and over the leaves of your oak tree, um, then, then, yes, you do have a problem. Um, and you would want to want to take care of it. Unfortunately, it's you know it can be time consuming to cut that ivy back to a point where it's manageable. Um, oftentimes, people end up cutting the ivy at the base of the tree, and then you know killing the ivy in the tree. But um, yeah, given time, yes, it, it can overcome trees and, and kill them. Yeah, Luke, is okay, that the just, way to do it? If you've got something that's you know in general vining up the tree. That, that is that is grabbing on like ivy if i if i cut it at the bottom is that cut its life off or or is it grabbing on a tree and getting is it rooting into the tree too yeah now most of the time you see it with ivy or poison ivy or virginia creeper and if you cut it at the base um you'll take care of it i usually like to cut a little gap um you know just to disconnect it from its uh from the root system but sometimes it'll sprout up again from its root system. But um, you do that a couple times, it usually takes care of it. All right, Joe, thank you for the call. Listen, we have about two minutes left, so I'm going to let Doug and Luke kind of take it to uh, the uh, final break of the hour. So, Doug, it's all yours. Go right ahead. So, Luke, with that ivy, uh, once you cut that at the bottom, will it just dry up, dry up and kind of fall off, or are you pulling it off? What's the best way no, to do it? No, I don't it? like to I don't like to pull it off. Oftentimes you can, you know, you can rip limbs because the ivy is just so strong. Um, you know, you let it dry up in the tree and, you know, uh, it will fall out with time. I did that with a poison ivy vine Matt, six years ago at my house on a, on a black cherry. And uh, it's pretty much out of the tree at this point. But, um, yeah, let it dry up. Let it fall out. Don't yank it out. Don't, uh, don't let it grow up over the trees and, and, and block the leaves and, you know. You'll be in good shape. Yeah, that's the technique I use for grapevines. I will just cut mm-hmm. them at the bottom. I don't want to mess with them. They eventually dry out and just kind of fall off on their own. And, uh, you know, living in a oak forest, we've got plenty of grapevines. And I try to get to them early in the season before things leaf out because, you know, I, I seem to be able to find them that way. And I don't have quite as much to do. But right now I'm running around. Anytime I see a grapevine, I'm cutting it at, at the base. That's for sure. All right, Luke, uh, let me just give the people information about Davey. For more information about Davey Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davey.com slash KDK. And remember, you can always call those experts from Davey Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Thanks again, Luke. Now, for you out there that want to travel, I am being a travel nut this year, and uh, this trip I just announced I put it on, the, on my website yesterday, and I'm already getting people. This is going to be a big one. I'm going to the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, all the information is at DougOster.com. I'm also seeing the Gardens of England, Kew Gardens, and Sissenhurst Castle, which is an amazing garden, and then to Amsterdam to see Floriad. It only happens every 10 years. Just go to DougOster.com if it's something for you. And if you didn't get through today, have a garden question, I'll be answering garden questions at DougOster.com after the show for about an hour. Well, what do you think, Rob? It's time, sir. Go right ahead. 
Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, good stuff. Listen, coming up at 8 o'clock, Josh Roundtree will have the latest on that incident which shots were fired, but nobody was injured, but the Ross Park Mall was evacuated yesterday. Two people are being held in custody. You'll have the latest on that and all of the other stories trending for this Sunday morning. And then it's the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentici. And today, getting you ready for Memorial Outdoor Gatherings and food safety tips and tricks. And then Hepburn Tillett's and Germani and you. Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show till noon. Then the pregame. And then the game, 105. Today, first pitch, Chad Cool, Bucks, Colorado, right here, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020. Getty K and also simulcasted on 93.7 the fan we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch minimum of four lines for 25 dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. 35 dollars per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com 